about bringing different mindsets and cultures together because to build a car is a totally different process than to build software. And no one of this is better or, or worse than the other, or old or new, or the way you should work in future. And it's really about finding a way to bring these people together, bring their knowledge and their pieces together and build something new which no one developed before. This week's guest is one of the most important figures in the digital transformation sector in Europe. With a background in tech, she is changing the future of German mobility. Hello and welcome to Speak Like a CEO, the leading podcast on CEO communications. I'm Lena Carlson and I'm here with my co-host Oliver Aust, the CEO of EUOPSO. Hi Lena, this week's guest is Anja Hendel. Anja is the new managing director of Deconium. The company was recently required by Volkswagen, which marks an exciting step towards the digitalization of the German car industry. Anja is a strong leader, a digital thought leader, a great public speaker and a thoughtful manager. It was a pleasure to have her on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi, Anja. Hello, nice to have you here at Deconium in Berlin. We're super excited to finally get you on the podcast. It's been a long time coming that we've been trying to get you on it. And you're no stranger to podcasts. You've been on quite a few recently. Yeah, sure. I really like podcasts. It's a good way for me to get informed and to open up my mind to see other perspectives. And so I really love listening to podcasts. It's a big thing in my daily life. <laughs> you're a rather well-known person in the automotive and digital industry, so you bridge those different worlds, and that hasn't started recently at Deconium, but previously. Do you want to bring our listeners up to speed on, you know, how did you get to that position you're in at the moment? Yeah, I would like to. So I started my professional life, <laughs> my work life, nearly 20 years ago, or more than 20 years ago. So I started computer science and business. Uh, so This was what I did all the time, so I can really develop. I'm, an, I'm a developer, but when I started to work for various companies like consulting and later on for a pharmaceutical wholesaler, I run all these big IT projects, which were a lot about transforming organizations, right? I mean, if you work in IT, you always work with the organization because you work with processes and the environment which is around And after 12 years of my professional life, I started to work with Porsche. So it, it was quite an, not really an accident, but it was not on my bucket list to get, an, get a job in, in automotive. It was more like, I mean, I live in Stuttgart most of my time, so this is my background. And there's a lot of automotive industry there. But I was not that much interested in this industry, frankly speaking. But today I think this was the one of the biggest things which came into my life because automotive is in such a big transformation, which is for me a very interesting thing. For me as a little bit outside person, I did have the car when I started at this company. <laughs> so to bring in all my digital and other point of view perspective, because not being this car nerd person, but more like and know how a life can be without this and what the possibilities in the digital world, especially around mobility, are, even if they were not on this level like we have it now nowadays. So this was really interesting to bring these perspectives in. And now, in January, I, I switched my job. I jumped from Porsche to Deconium, which is also in the Volkswagen Group, 
but really a digital mindset culture company with a lot of developers and what we are working on at the moment is really to help Volkswagen Group to transform the organization or at least a part of it to a tech company, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how to bring all the tech talent together and tech talent from outside and inside the organization and form a team and make Volkswagen more digital and more tech in, in this way. I mean, you, you're really one of the key people at the center of what's probably the biggest transformation German industry has ever seen, right? Is that fair? I mean, there's, there's a lot of transformation going on. And I, I personally yeah. also think there is so much beauty in transforming healthcare or really things which are really relevant for, for the world. I mean, we, we all know that uh, going green is really important. And, and so there, there's a lot of many parts in this but automotive is a big player in in germany and especially it's also a big player in designing our future because it's about transport right it's it's about going from a to b and in the best way in a, in a green way so this is what we what we are working on and the way we work and we live is transforming rapidly i mean it's about sharing it's about being more connected it's maybe less about owning and this industry is running in a totally different way at the moment, right? We build these cars and we sell them. And it's really interesting to see these two worlds coming together, bring really diverse people, knowledge, backgrounds together and try to build something new. When we talk about the digital transformation of the automotive industry, what are the biggest challenges that we're facing right now? I think that's really the point I just tried to mention. It's, it's about bringing different mindsets and cultures together because to build a car is a totally different process than to build software. And no one of this is better or, or worse than the other or old or new or the way you should work in future. And it's really about finding a way to bring these people together, bring their knowledge and their pieces together and build something new which no one developed before and uh, really create something which also no one of them alone yeah. could build. And, and I think on another occasion you mentioned this was primarily communications challenge as right. you were the head of Porsche Digital Lab, basically a relatively small but very advanced organization, part of a bigger group of 30,000 that again was part of a bigger group, the Volkswagen yeah. group, I think 600 plus thousand yeah. employees. So you had to come from a, from a position of persuading you know, your colleagues in the organization. How did you do that? I mean, it's, it's a lot about communication. But first of all, you have to build your team, right? You have to make sure what you can do and what you cannot do. And, and it's um, especially if you are a small organization, it's a lot about focus. It's the same in the startup world, right? Yes. If you don't have your focus, you're lost. <laughs> so, so it's really about working with your team first on focusing what is the key topics, what are the things where we can add value to the organization and what is the things we really want to be seen and then start to communicate with them and try to open up the borders, try to bring them together and work with them together and not, we show you how the fancy new world is and we build this fancy new world and here it is. It's about customer centricity and the group is also your customer. So people in the Volkswagen group or at Porsche are also our customers. So we have to involve them in the process and really bring them close to us to develop it together. When you break that down to a day-to-day -day level, what does that look like? I know you spend a lot of your time here in Berlin as well as Stuttgart. How else are you kind of fostering that dialogue? The good thing is communication is independent of your, of your location. <laughs> so what I do is two things. First, I try to communicate a lot 
inside your conversation, but this is also there's also no border there, right? I mean, when I communicate on Twitter or things like, or on Instagram or on LinkedIn, there are people around me who are in the organization and contact me because of this. I had, for example, I had last week one example. I start an, a wall session, so working out loud a session this week, so tomorrow, with my, with my circle. So my first, uh, my circle will start and we will meet with five people. So it's about a 12-week plan for everybody who does not know working out loud <laughs> and now. So it's really about finding a group, have your focus topic or your theme, how it's said. So my theme is obviously my new start at, at Deconium, to get to know the people, to get to know the organization. This is what I want to achieve in the next 12 weeks. And I twittered this. I made a picture of a volleycorn, which is a little unicorn from, from the wall <laughs> movement. So, and said, oh, I will start my circle. Now I have the people on board, which are from Hamburg and Berlin and Stuttgart locations. So it's quite from all the locations where we are in Germany, at least at the moment. And then somebody sent me internally with Teams a message. Hey, Anya, I saw that you started Voice Circle. I did one before if you want to exchange and have a coffee. So it's fluent, right? Communication is not, this is what I do outside and this is what I do inside, but communication is fluent and this is what I try to keep up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned social media and you're obviously very active on social media. Do you have a favorite channel and, and how do you use it in a way that helps your personal brand and a way that helps your, your day-to-day job? My favorite channel is Twitter. I, st- I really discovered Twitter only a few years ago. I, I think for my, I, I had a Twitter account for years, obviously, because I, when something new comes up, I always try to see how, how it works for me. But I really started to do more and really to interact with the Twitter community some years ago. And I think why I like it is because I really very content driven and if you want to have the specific knowledge about things and topics like quantum computing ai whatever and you really find in a community there and can start a really content driven discussion in in this channel this is what i like most not everyone, not everyone is using <laughs> twitter that way but i think that's that's the right way to use it right but you also you, you often feature in traditional media you're on podcasts so yeah. from the outside it appears that you take your positioning quite seriously and i think rightly so obviously is this something that happens organically it happened organic i mean it when i do this now and I think about it. I, I thought about this a lot during the last weeks, frankly speaking, because when I started at Iconium, I had to speak to a big audience of people in a film studio and later on all the meetings and, and all the all-hands meetings. So, And I was so happy that I started to go out of my comfort zone two years ago and start to speak in front of many people because this is not my natural habit, I would say. <laughs> Because this helped me a lot. And talking about why I did this was really, I had a nice people in the communication team at Porsche, which convinced me to go a little bit more outside and try to inspire more people to about the topics I I live for, I would say. So it's a lot about technology and how, how to be open-minded with all the new things coming up. And that's what I did. And then I, it's, I got a lot of feedback from young people, also girls, right, uh, which are not not so much in contact with them. And this really brings me to the point that I, I started to do this, that I started to talk on conferences, that I started to do podcasts. And 
yeah, I, I, I do it for not too much for only the sending point, but more for getting the feedback and to inspire people to have a deeper look on technologies and the future, because I think it's something we should care about and should involve ourselves. It's really interesting that you mentioned that it's a good way to get, I guess, direct feedback. How does that exactly work for you? That's also the good thing about Twitter, right? Everybody can comment and ask questions and you, you start a conversation on this. So I got so many people in this mode. So I try to be open-minded and try to see the channels. And on other channels, it's not working like this, right? If you go to LinkedIn, for example, I like it and I, I see the point why this is good, but it's very business-driven, right? It's a lot about career and selling things. And mm -hmm. if somebody's contacting me there, they want to sell things or do business. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why I really like the, this point, because I think it's, yeah, my world is not only about business. It's more about bringing the content in. And obviously, you have to earn money with the things and help the organization to develop and, and to be a good, solid organization then, but and add value to the organization and to your customers. But for me, it's very much driven about the content we produce and not about just the marketing bubble. Yeah, I think that, that that's really good advice. And you mentioned there that you did more on-camera work, and that's obviously due to the fact that you entered Deconium at the top, an organization with a thousand people that used to be independent, mm -hmm. still independent, but is in the process of becoming part of the Volkswagen Group. And when those sorts of transformations happen, that puts a lot of onus on communications internally to take people with you on that journey because naturally people have a lot of questions. Could you could you elaborate a little bit on that process because you were brand new in the organization yeah. when this yeah. happened? I mean, I'm so lucky because we have such a great communication team here. So they are very used to communicate a lot and, and they did this perfect plan about how the communication was running because it was a big bang communication at, at a certain day because we had... We wanted to wait till everybody is back from Christmas and everybody is back from the vacation. So the holiday season to, to really be in the job and not worrying about things. Because I think about a good communication is also about timing. If you communicate things before a big holiday season break and people get questions not only when they get information but days and weeks afterwards, right? So it's important that we... That we Keep, kept everything as a secret, as good as, as we could till the new year and then have this concentrated communication because then we had the time if there were questions to work with the team. So so Barbara, um, the communication manager, she did an excellent job. She, she did it nearly by her own because <laughs> nobody should know about it. So we had clear communication with perfect Q&As prepared and we started one day before the internal official announcement and had a call with all the first-level managers at Deconium. In the evening, on the morning, before the official communication, we had this again for questions. And then also Volkswagen was involved, which was really cool because we communicated that we will be part of the, of the group now totally, which was really also the, the people valued a lot that the, some of the board members of Volkswagen were in in our office and we're then also there for, for questions. So it was about first sending the message in a good, very good quality, right? We really broadcast it. We have, are lucky because we have a little TV studio on our campus, so from another company. So we, we took this <laughs> for some hours and communicated. And then we started directly with face-to-face -face meetings on with big groups 
and then we had for the next days always calls where everybody could dial in and ask more questions which come over the days right could, could you talk us through the moment it was announced to a thousand people at the same time this big decision how where were you how exactly did that happen uh, it wasn't in, in this little uh, film studio so it was like a new year's thing and Iconium does this regularly to have some some uh, information like this and they yeah because uh, it's about town hall or via video link it was video link video yeah it was, yeah. It was, because it was you've video. exactly we, exactly yeah. we have locations everywhere so it was important to have it via video link and then they did the whole communication like okay what will happen now we are really now a 100% partner of Volkswagen and then they also announced that I will join the management team so this was all via video and then we started directly afterwards the face-to-face -face town hall meetings on all locations so I was traveling a lot with the management team Sounds during the like a, days afterwards. It sounds like a lot of care and planning went into this announcement and really understanding how a change affects the organization and how you can best communicate with your team and with the organization to make sure that everyone understands what's going on. Yeah, but you have to be careful with this because, right, I mean, it's a big change. The company was owned by two people since 25 years. They were always yeah. there and they are still there and they will still be there. But people have fear the things which they do not understand, right, or do not know how how it will look like. And frankly speaking, nobody knows how the future will look like. This is the exciting thing about future that we all do not know. So it's really important to communicate precisely what you know and what you do not know, <laughs> and then start to go in a direct conversation or give the, pe the people the, the opportunity to start a conversation with you as soon as possible, because communication for me is a lot about listening and not only sending. So it's to understand where the people are and what they are interested about and what... Yeah. This is still quite a radical approach to leadership. Is that natural to you or is this something that you've learned through experience? Because I don't know if everyone would handle it in this way. Maybe it's both. I mean, I'm, I'm not so good in listening <laughs> for my nature. I tend to talk a lot. So, so I, I, I really have to, to work hard on, on this listening part. And sometimes I'm better, sometimes I'm worse. So people who know me know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but this is really the important part because I have one other bad thing in my habits, or maybe every bad thing is, is also a good thing. But for me, the world is always with good opportunities, right? I mean, for me, it's all the, the possibilities are out there, and everybody can go out and catch them and get them. So I'm very optimistic about future, about people, about this is how I am, but this is just how I see the world. And I know that there are many people out there who see it differently. So, and I have to listen carefully to these people because I tend to do not see the problems, but the problems are there. They are just not in my mind, in what I see and what I feel, but the problems and the fear and the uncertainty and things like this are all there. So I have to... Yeah, I have to be careful and and open and calm and try to listen a lot and, and see this point and also value them and don't say, ah, oh. It's a really interesting point you make because 
I find this too that sometimes there are different perceptions about the future in organizations. So the leadership often has quite an optimistic view about the future. Maybe they have more information or they're just more optimistic by nature. And other people in the organization are more pessimistic or more worried about the future. And, and I think what you're alluding to is the fact that you have to listen to those voices as well. And they need to feel comfortable sharing those concerns with you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the most important part because, I mean, I could just, I can just do things the way I think it's right. So I have to get as much as possible input and feedback from people to find a good way for, for everybody or at least for the majority of people that we find a good way together. I, this is what I learned a lot when I started my old job. Um, because it was a lot about working with diverse teams, with people from different backgrounds and things like this. So I really, when you work with such international, uh, intercultural teams, you really see how much truth is out there, right? It's not just your truth, it's so much truth out there. And to see these points and really think about them and try to bring them together gives a really big power to change things and and find a common understanding. I, I think this is more important than ever to work on this. So how does it work now with Interconium? Do people kind of take on projects and run with it and check in with you every now and then? Does everyone follow one big plan? And people are different, right? And, and I love uh, these first days now. Today in the morning I had a meeting with somebody just sending me a mail. And this is good about my outside communication, right? Because people can read and listen and see a lot about myself and my topic. So one of the guys here sent me a message, Anja, I'm working on the blockchain stuff and I know you did a lot and you're interested in this thing. Can we meet? And I just met him in the, in the morning and he showed me what he's working on and what he's interested on. And this is really great for me because if I wouldn't communicate that much in the past about my interests and my topics, he probably wouldn't know that this is something we could discuss about. So this is why I also want to motivate all the people out there to open themselves more and to show people more what could be potential connection points uh, for them to, because it makes you and your knowledge and your experience bigger and gives you more information and more communication mm -hmm. about the things you are interested in. Yeah, and, and you mentioned earlier that you have a very specific 90-day plan. We ended a leadership role, obviously, you, you know, your Not a 100-day plan. Not a 100-day, 90-day plan. How precise is it and what role does communications play? Because I'm sure, knowing you, you've given a lot of thought over the winter. I mean, it's... Uh, I wouldn't say it's not such a precise plan. It's just more that I, that I know that you have to... I mean, this is a time which is now here and will never come back, right? It's These first 90 days are there, and when I don't use them carefully and good for myself and also for the organization, they will never come back, at least not here in, in, with this group of people. So that's why I decided to really look careful on this, and I also have a great mentor, and she also said, told me, you have to read this book the first 90 days to see how, how it's going. And I read it at the moment and try to find different ways. I mean, these are things which I start to think about what is important for me and how, how will I work. But I also try to find these connection points about communication. I talked about this working out loud yeah. thing before. So I really try to, to meet all the people in the organization from various areas to really try to understand 
how the organization is working and not from a management presentation point of view. This is the organization and these are the important persons and these are the experts and things like this. I really want to, to meet as many diverse people from different levels, different backgrounds as possible because an organization of this size is not like this or like that. It's everything in between. <laughs> it's also interesting that you just mentioned that you have a mentor because I guess a lot of people would expect someone who's in a position like you to maybe be a mentor, but you also have a mentor, correct? How does that kind of relationship I work have for you? more than one mentor, I would <laughs> even say. I, I call her a mentor because uh-huh. she just stepped into my life when I started. It's a very senior person at, uh, at the Volkswagen Group. So she took her time and talked to me a little bit. Like uh, I, I, I really appreciate this a lot. And I have many people for different points. I mean, I have people who know me for a very long time, which I call when, when I have topics and, and get feedback. And I have people who yeah, just accidentally come in my organization and, or in my environment and use it. So it's, it's something which is natural. And obviously, I also try to be a mentor for people out there because there's a good thing also about reverse mentoring, right? You learn a lot if you mentor people. And what's your advice on, I guess, kind of seeing if the relationship is right for you, either as the mentor or the mentee? I think everything is right for you if, if it feels good and if you see that, that you get good input of it. And I think also mental levels are different. Sometimes you have mentors which you are very close and have a close time and sometimes it's just having a call once a year or every six months or whenever you need somebody or the person needs you. So I, I think sometimes I, what I also see is when people say Anja is my mentor, it's nothing we discussed about before, right? It's, it's just, <laughs> it just happened. It was yeah. not that, okay, I went to this mentor program and then I got somebody who, okay, you two now have to be. It's more like something which is evolving after meeting each other, having conversations and feel that it's it's good for you. As maybe one of the few female leaders in the automotive industry, do you feel you have a sense of responsibility to be a role model as well? I would say even apart from the automotive industry, I think we have not enough people working and understanding technology and we need much more. So I think this is this is what I try to do. I mean, I try to inspire people that that you can be whatever you want to be, but you can love tech and love seeing these parts. And also that there are a lot of nice possibilities in the automotive industry, obviously, because you can really have an impact and change things there. When you reach the end of your 90-day initial period here at Deconium, what would success look like for you? I think to have an understanding of the organization and and the vibes in the organization. So what are the points we have to focus on in the next 90 days? <laughs> because at the end of 90 days, is always the start with a new one. So what I plan to do at the moment is I want to do the same thing which I did after the kickoff, right? Uh, I want to go to this, uh, different locations and meet the people. Everything we talked about in the beginning, I want to bring up again. And I also want to tell them how I will work, what I learned during the last 90 days uh, and start a conversation on this. And obviously I'm, I'm working on a, on a plan on what things to focus. So I think success would look like that I feel that I'm part of an organization which I see can 
we are moving in the same direction. So it's more about including me to the organization rather than <laughs> changing it because it's running in a very successful way. So it's really like being a part of it. So. And I guess we'll see quite a few changes happening in Deconium over the next year. What are some of those things that we can expect to see? I mean, the, the super exciting thing, and this is what I think everybody at Deconium was also excited at, is that Volkswagen decided to build this technology company. So it's really about what we started in our conversation very, quite early. It's about transforming an organization, bringing people from different organizations together to one team and try to build technology like an operating system, like um, all the mobility services as one team. So I think this is really the, the, the big challenges that we have to build these teams, to communicate with them, to find a way how they know each other and they value their diversity and they see what they can learn from each other and how we find a way to build it's create very, new solutions. Yeah, very interesting because Deconius is a thousand people, Volkswagen Group 650,000 mm -hmm. uh, people. So you've been acquired to, I'm guessing, changing the mentality and the spirit and the, the outlook on technology as part of this big group. How do you want to make that happen? Because Volkswagen is obviously much bigger and, and, and companies like that have very entrenched structures and, and hierarchies, etc. And you obviously here have a focus on technology and an agile mindset. So how do, you, how do you think you can spread the sort of gospel of technology and agility to a large group? At the moment, we are really working on the point what the things are where we can support the Volkswagen Group as the Conium in which parts so that we can support them in our knowledge in around commerce, for example, about transforming an organization. And we have also a lot of knowledge about embedded developments with our team in India. So this is really what we are at the moment working on and about which we are, when we're talking about focus, bringing to the point. And the other good thing is with the Conium is that we are not working for Volkswagen only. And this is what I really, what we, was, was, was really one of the points which I, which are one of the reasons why I um, decided to start um, this new job. One thing is working for this big organization. The other part is to have the, the freedom also to work for other customers. We talked about this big transformation with, with, when it comes to automotive. There are so many suppliers, first tiers, people from other industries where we can learn from and whom we can show what we know, what we learned, how we as an organization are doing this. So I think there's also a lot of space for inspiration and for building great stuff together outside of the school thing, which I think is also a very big and important part in the whole Dikunio story. Yeah, I think that would be key probably in, in it is, getting to It is, because it's yeah. not good if you are part of one organization only yeah. and you get something like blind for the other spots. So this is also a very important point for us to work on this, to really work a lot with other companies, brands, and help them on their digital journey and share knowledge and, and bring the whole organization forward. Yeah. I think the digital transformation sounds like a long and difficult part, but I love how passionate and excited you are about it. Also, the fact that you're so, I guess, enthusiastic about IT, technology and communications and how that can kind of all be married together. Do you have any advice for people who are either on one side or the other on how they can kind of start to share knowledge and exchange ideas and come to understand the other side? So for people on the purely tech side, how to understand that more communication side and the people on the comms side, 
how to understand the technology more. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I really truly believe that if you want to shape the future, you have to understand technology. So what I can tell to the people who are more on the technology side is to think a little bit more about what this means for the future, what they are doing and what they are building. It's a lot about responsibility. And people on the comm side will probably more think about the ideas, have a look more to the technology and see which upsides and downsides are coming up. And then I can recommend to everybody to step out of your own bubble, go out of your comfort zone, meet these people who you normally do not talk to. <laughs> and probably also on social media, this is a great platform to really leave your bubble and meet new people, get new perspectives and listen to other people's opinions and views. Makes a lot of sense. On that note, Anja, thank you so much. Is there any final piece of advice you would like to pass on to your listeners? Yeah, it's probably this point about what I mentioned before. It's about this listening point rather than communicating, probably because I'm totally biased because <laughs> <laughs> I have to so uh, have to work so hard on it. I think it's a lot about this thing. I, I think there was a big movement starting, started. I'm not sure if last year or even before, it was called Deutschland spricht. It was really connecting people with each other who have totally different views on topics and bring them into a conversation and I think this is really the part which I want to motivate the people to, to do really try to talk to people who are normally not in your comfort zone and have this conversation which are not in your comfort zone because I think this will um, add more value to our thinking and really enrich the way we see the world Great advice, thanks so much Anja Thank you Thank you so much